Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Sri Lanka's lawmakers start to rebuild their government this week. Financial technology companies were so hot, and now they're not. Plus, offices may have reopened, but a lot of us still work remotely. In the U.S., this untethering is changing the country's economic geography. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Lawmakers in Sri Lanka will vote for a new leader this week. Protesters ousted the former president who then fled the country. Now, Sri Lanka must start digging out of a political and economic mess. The country's opposition leader has called on the International Monetary Fund for help. To find out more, I'm joined by the FT's Antony Slodowski, who's in Sri Lanka's capital, Colombo. Hi, Antony. Hi there. Antony, before we get into politics, you know, what's it like in the capital? As I understand it, protests are ongoing, but it's a it's a real different mood now that President Gotabaya Rajapaksa is gone. Uh, you you recorded this sound. Can you can you tell us what's going on? So I went out Saturday night, and um, the, the the students were basically dancing, celebrating this surreal landscape where you have tens, if not hundreds, of tents put up by students and various organizations, smack bang in the middle of the most important part of Sri Lanka and the most important part of Colombo, basically right in front of the presidential secretariat. These activists include poets, they include uh, playwrights, they include um, software engineers and uh, and monks and, and clergy as well. So there's, there's just the whole sort of spectrum of, of, of the Sri Lankan society converging on Colombo and demanding change. And essentially there are people quite late at night, it was like 9, 9.30 p.m., uh, still dancing, milling around, uh, talking to each other, saying that, you know, we've reclaimed power, we're here, uh, this country belongs to us. And uh, we're not afraid to, you know, to to tell you what we think. Anthony, these protesters seem just so triumphant that they could force so much political change. But, you know, there's still this horrendous economic crisis. How bad is it? I've been able to kind of take a walk around the the biggest uh, sort of market, you know, m- you know, maybe a few kilometers uh, north of this uh, protest area, and and I've spoken to people who would normally kind of push carts filled with textile or sugar or fruit, uh, you know, between stalls and between merchants, and these people told me that uh, they're now using firewood to cook their meals. And the only thing they can afford is bread with a little bit of uh, coconut oil because there is nothing else to eat. And to add to it, there's there's no sense of when things will get better. Sri Lanka can't even start to rebuild its economy before there's political stability. And, you know, as I mentioned, lawmakers plan to elect a new leader on Wednesday. Is this the start to getting things back on track? A lot depends on whether the protests will become more violent after Wednesday or whether they or whether the, 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 the protesters are willing to give the acting president, who's most likely to become the next president, um, a chance. And he's had experience in sort of dealing with the IMF and discussing in negotiating previous bailouts. 
uh, and is seen as some a, a sort of a capable technocrat, if somehow beholden to the Rajapaksas as well. If they're willing to give him a chance, then over time there might be some kind of, you know, he might get enough breathing room to get the economy slowly back on track. But uh, as the opposition leader told me today, before it gets better, it's more, more likely to get worse first. Antony Slodowski is covering the ongoing crisis in Sri Lanka for the FT. Thanks, Antony. Thank you for having me. High-flying fintech startups are now crashing to earth. Shares in financial technology companies like Klarna, Upstart, and Robinhood soared during the pandemic. But this year, fintech shares have collectively lost nearly half a trillion dollars in value compared to their pandemic peak. That's according to data from CB Insights. They're suffering from broader economic concerns dragging down the entire stock market, like inflation and recession fears. But investors are also turned off by fintech companies' lack of profits and untested business models. Okay, I want to introduce you to one of our listeners in the U.S. Her name is Gail Kruger. She's from Detroit, Michigan, spent her whole life there, and she works for Ford Motors in finance management. When her workplace closed because of the pandemic, Gail decided to go to South Carolina to be closer to her parents. And it was just more appealing than Detroit. It was like, okay, it's really cold outside. Like all the restaurants are closed. Like I'm like in my house by myself hearing doom and gloom on the news and not able to see my family. And as long as the offices aren't open, why would I spend another Michigan winter sitting in my house by myself? Gail's office in Michigan has reopened, but she decided to stay in South Carolina for good to be near her family. As for her colleagues, she said, her company's so big. We'd all be sitting on WebEx calls anyway. Her decision is part of a broader shift that's changing the economic geography of the U.S. To talk more about what this means, I'm joined by the FT's U.S. national editor and columnist, Ed Luce, as well as our global business columnist, Rana Faruhar. They write our twice-weekly Swamp Notes newsletter. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. All right, so what are the big trends in where people are moving from and where people are moving to? And what do you think this shift means uh, I mean, that's a very important question. You know, clearly, most of these shifts that we've seen in the last two years, um, sort of accelerated by the pandemic, have been from high tax to low tax states, and they've been from blue states to, for the most part, red states. So Florida, Texas, North Carolina, places like that have really benefited, and places like San Francisco and New York continue to lose taxpayers. I think it's more than just a tax-based question. I think a lot of people were reacting to the fact that their children had far more remote learning in the blue states than they did in the red states. Parents pretty much overwhelmingly want their children to learn in person. I'm now getting more and more persuaded that this is a serious trend and it will have political implications. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And I think actually, it's interesting, some of the Supreme Court rulings just amplify that in the sense that we we now have a court that is essentially trying to decommission the the administrative state at a federal level and, and give more power to individual states. Well, suddenly, if you've got a flood of money going from one state to another, and that state has a lot more power about how to use it, that gets very interesting politically and economically. You bring up a really good point because I was going to ask about the political implications that, you know, you have more people possibly from New York who are blue moving to Florida. But 
you know, you bring up the Supreme Court and and states' rights, those more liberal-minded people who would be attracted to a low tax base place might not go there if they're if rights that are important to them, like access to abortion, you know, gun restrictions, they they're they're not there. Absolutely. And throw in the fact that, you know, it's destabilized business as well. I mean, business is in the crosshairs of all this because suddenly what can you do across borders? I mean, in a way, I'm beginning to take more seriously something that, you know, some of our British colleagues have talked about, which is, are we going to see a a U.S. in pieces, you know, in our lifetime or is secession a possibility? And I used to just dismiss those sorts of thoughts. I'm not dismissing them so much anymore. I I take them pretty seriously. I mean, you've the fact that these conversations, you know, now serious, supercharged by various gun rights rulings and Roe v. Wade, of course, and the possibility, all the other socially liberating rulings of the last generation coming under challenge, something that Clarence Thomas has said is now logically next, is going to crystallize the the growing differences between these states. I guess the thing that sticks out to me is that we've, maybe not to this extent, but we've seen migrations before. What's to say that this one is the one that radically changes the way that our countries and our states operate? Well, first of all, it, it, the jury is out still on the question. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the housing market very carefully, and I do think that this housing boom that we've seen post-COVID is different than, say, the subprime boom and bust or, or previous boom bust cycles. Um, broadband has now fundamentally changed along with the pandemic and the possibility of work from home. I, I mean, I'm never going back. Yeah. And I think, uh, or I certainly hope that for cities like New York and San Francisco, this tax exodus is going to prompt a strong revisitation of what it is that makes cities attractive. And so cities are going to have to reinvent themselves. And I hope in that sense, the market works. Ed Luce is our U.S. national editor and columnist. Rana Faruhar is the FT's global business columnist. You can subscribe to their twice-weekly Swamp Notes newsletter at ft.com slash newsletters. We'll also have that link in the show notes. Thank you for your time, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.